Welcome, cadets and captains, to a brand new episode of M-Class Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. I secretly am just going to play an old episode right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. I'm not going to do that. That would be really funny. Anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about Star Trek The Motion Picture today. If you've, if you've never tuned in to M-Class Podcast before, we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media, almost always an episode, as part of a collection of related episodes. We give you the skinny, the lowdown about what happens in it, our thoughts, and uh, finally give it a score on the patented Cochrane to Catfish scale of quality. Yeah. Ten being a catfish, turned into a catfish. Which is the worst episode of Voyager ever, but somehow the best score you can get. Look... The scale works, all right? It just works, <laughs> damn it. The system works. Don't try to fix it. Don't even think about it too much. Don't try to fix capitalism. It just works. It just it's <laughs> look, I'm just glad we're not communists. Am I right? Am I right or am I right? You don't you we'd all be it would be bad. I don't know what socialism or communism means, but I do know it's bad. Captain America <laughs> fought against it. I bet. <laughs> I bet. I don't read I bet comics. He did. Uh, <laughs> I don't buy comics. <laughs> too communist for me. <laughs> Buying things is too communist for me. <laughs> uh, we are in. Uh, we are now deep into the LGBTQ election, as suggested to us by Pizza Man and voted on by our patrons at Patreon.com/slash/MClassPodcast. Join today for as low as a dollar. As low as a dollar? That's only one dollar. Value. Uh, I, it helps us though. We like to be. We like that you do that. Thank we you. We are extremely grateful and appreciative of every one of our patrons. Thank you all so much. Uh, this you is, said it a lot better than I did. <laughs> I'm a very eloquent person. I am a moron today. So <laughs> I don't. I don't know. This is probably like the worst episode to talk about it's when true. your brain doesn't work right. It's true. I'm hope, hoping I'm more on the ball than I think I am for this episode. But God, me too. Be kind to us in the comments. <laughs> God, I hope that you're carrying me today. No one ever comments on our show, so it'll be fine. <laughs> Not unless we talk about two swords. Then, That's oh true. Boy. Uh, this is the second episode of the LGBTQ election. Uh, TNG Season 5, Episode 17, The Outcast. Starring Andre 3000. And Big Boy. And Killer Mike sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I was shocked. Like, I'd forgotten Killer Mike was on some of their older stuff. And, like, I got really big into Run the Jewels. And then I just heard uh, The Whole World. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Killer yeah. Mike. It's been a while, right? Um, Run the Jewels has been around for a little while. It's- 2015? 14? Something like that? I think 14, yeah. Um, this episode... Yeah, it'll fuck you. <laughs> this episode was written by Jerry Taylor, who uh, is uh, probably most famous for being uh, the executive producer of the last two seasons of Next Gen and uh, one of the co-creators of Voyager. Is Jerry Taylor a woman or a man? She is a lady. That's what I... Is she the one who writes the the bad episodes? <laughs> no, actually. She's... Uh, I thought that as well until I looked yeah. into it. And she uh, wrote um, The Drumhead 
Iborg Times Arrow. Like she's oh, those are good. She's knocking it out the park, guy. I always forget who did the like the one who has like the uh, the fetish. The fetish, yeah, the fetish, yeah. Yeah, it's not her. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think this was because it's not fetishy enough. No, <laughs> nobody gets one in battle for wedding <laughs> by a quote savage unquote. That's true. Um, I think I think it's important to point out that uh, she also wrote on uh, Jake and the Fat Man. So. I mean, you start you buried the lead on that one. <laughs> You said, you know, she wrote all this TNG shit, but you you should have started with Jake and the Fat Man. Uh, Jerry Taylor is also well known for being uh, the mother of two-time TNG and Voyager guest star Alex Enberg, who plays the Vulcan in Lower and um, Below Decks. Yeah. And uh, also the Vulcan that wants to fuck in Voyager. That's right. He's sort of like uh what do you call that? Like a like a walk-on reoccurring character? Like he's around sort of. for I think he plays two different Vulcans actually. Maybe what? That's confusing. Yeah, in the 7th season episode Lower Decks, he played Vulcan Ensign Torek. Yeah, and then in Voyager he's a different guy, yeah. Yeah, in Voyager he's two dicks. <laughs> Vorik. He's Torek and then he's Vorik. It's his brother Vorik. They're brothers. <laughs> they made a much better Vulcan wig in TNG. For some reason, they made it really big in Voyager. <laughs> um, but this episode was directed by Robert Shearer, who uh, also directed The Measure of a Man. What is it, a man? What, what is a man? A miserable <laughs> pile of secrets. <laughs> No, here's how old Hollywood Hollywood gets, right? Yeah. Uh, Robert Shearer, director of Star Trek TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager episodes, uh, started his career as a dancer wherein he worked with Abbott and Costello. Dude, that seems like so long ago, but really, I guess it wasn't, right? Like, I guess not. I mean... This dude directed... Uh, Hawaii Five-O, Police Story, Kolchak, The Night Stalker, The Mary Tyler Moore Hour. Jesus. He's uh, Matlock. This guy, this, this guy's like the Babe Ruth of directing. Like, he directed uh, Measure of a Man, uh, Peak Performance, Tin Man. I don't like Tin Man. True Q. I like Tin Man okay. When are we going to watch Tin Man? What collection is that going to be in? The it's weird in, Space Bugs collection? It's in the Tin Man collection. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the Living Beings Surviving in Outer Space collection. We could do the Tin Man collection and then just have that episode and like a bunch of like robot episodes. That's true. <laughs> like, like that one Voyager episode where those weird like uh, Doctor Who robots show up. Remember that shit? Oh, yeah. I, that was my mind wild. erased that. <laughs> that was a wild. That was just a swing in the dark on that one. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta try new things. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's check out Doctor Who and steal some of their shit. Uh, so right out the gate, I wanted to do a little sidebar about the Outcast because um, the Outcast is a product of its time. Yes. Let's all remember this. This came out March sixteenth, nineteen ninety two. That was before radio. 
And um, the episode, from a more modern standpoint, very much seems like it's trying and failing horribly to tackle the subject of transgenderism. Right. Um, but actually, it's trying and failing to tackle the subject of gayness. <laughs> of being gay. Right. Yeah. Um, in 1992, the, the old-ass writers and directors of TNG could not have fathomed a future where transgenderism was considered uh, anywhere near normal. So they wouldn't have even thought of it. That's an interesting. I don't know if I agree totally with that. <laughs> but I will say they accidentally at at worst or at best accidentally hit on something that today we can look at and say, "Oh, that that looks like they were geniuses." Well, I I'll, I'll ha- I have to give the writer I have to give everybody involved in this episode at least uh like a benefit of the doubt and like a pat on the back. For um, there there are no negative vibes in this yeah. episode. This episode was done in a clearly like good natured, heartfelt way. Like they were trying yeah. to do something here, whether they succeeded or not by the standards of the time is very much up to the viewer. But yeah, considering um, like even if it is like which which I agree with you, I think that they were more going for the the gay. Uh, analogy, the metaphor, yes. yeah, like absolutely. that's clearly what they were. Yeah, uh, there, it says something that like Riker is like, in a sense, even though it's flipped, right? Even though that the main character Soren feels she is a woman, he's uh, able to like look past the androgynous nature of the species, and in a way, he's kind of bi in a way. Right in a very it, space, space the it, final frontier kind of way. In a very, in a very convoluted, complicated, like, uh, like the, metaphorical way. Right, like in in the eyes of the Janai, their relationship is very much a gay relationship. Yes, and from their point of that's view, that's what yes. the the metaphor of the episode is. It's the classic sci-fi switcheroo. Yes. Where you want to talk about a subject, but it's too hot button, you're never going to be able to, so you switch the dynamics of the subject in order to talk about it stealthily. I think that's great. I think that's really great. Uh, I think that works extremely well in some Star Trek episodes and uh, fails horribly in others, and I think this one is squarely in uh, the middle somewhere along that road. I, this It's so strange, because like... I don't, I don't know. Like I, I thought it was like, I agree. Like the nothing really happens in this episode. <laughs> like no, it's it's all like interpersonal conflict, right? And yeah. Like, the episode is um would I'm I'm fairly certain had to have been received as like a hot button issue type episode because really the metaphor doesn't just stop at like LGBTQ. Yeah. It's about conversion therapy. Dude, so this is what I thought was the most interesting part, right? Yeah. Because I I I'm I'm ignorant as to like when conversion therapy became a th- like a real thing. I I'm assuming oh, it's in been America, going on for an extremely long time like I'm, behind yes. closed doors. Right, right. I'm assuming in in America like it's been going on since like I, I don't know, but like I feel like evangelicals really like have 
in the modern times, maybe since after the war, right? Like that's when like they really picked up the mantle of this, right? Oh Conver- yeah. And like I don't know, so I, and I'm I'm very ignorant as to like what when that was a thing, but yeah. I was surprised like in '92 that they were talk like they were talking about that. And I was like I didn't know people talked about that in 30 years ago, 20 years ago, right? Like yeah, I don't- exactly. Like this, the conversion therapy part of this episode is a lot more poignant than the rest of the episode. It's and disturbing as fuck. It is. Like, and I, th- I think the um, this episode could be easily compared to the TOS episode with, like, the half-white, half-black people. Yeah, yeah. Who hate the half-black, half-white people. Yeah, um, yeah. The metaphor there is very at the surface and easy to understand for an audience. Yep. I feel like you have to go through a maze to sort of, in this episode, to try to, like, link it back to the real-world equivalent. And it's, that may have been to the episode's detriment. Well, I think I think you're right, but I also think that only occurs because of the time we're lo- watching it right now. Like, because like I, I don't know, there, there's so oh, many. You think, you think it may have been like more obvious to an audience that like wouldn't yes. have been thinking about transgender as yes, because they weren't. I know because yeah. I was. We were alive then. Nobody was talking about that. Nobody. Nobody was. publicly. Uh, there nobody, was no. There was nothing on television like that. Yeah. Nobody in like. Nobody in, like, that I remember, you know, and again, that doesn't mean much, but, like... Sure, but we're, we're uh, just talking about, like, the... on television at this point. Like, yeah. no one on television that we saw was talking about that. And, I mean, there was a... The only thing I could think of, um, and, of course, I, I wouldn't have been watching it in 1992, because I, I was a baboo. <laughs> you were, like, but, five. Um the crying game was very much like right. The crying game was was full on like like villainous towards transgender people. Yeah, it it so, took on this like, like uh, this pop culture. It was like a reference that people used as like a ha ha ha. That could happen to you. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. that be terrible? And yeah. I mean, c- contemporarily, that's the only comparison I can make to the sort of. Um, more modern take on transgender politics or transgender identities. Let's say politics are fucking elsewhere. I would but say that, that's, and that's I, sort of yeah. the only contemporary comparison you can make, and it's like night and day. Like, yeah. this is so much more nuanced and careful, and it and caring in the way it's uh, showcased. Yeah, I think I think back in '92 though, this was a straight up just metaphor for gay people. And, yeah, absolutely. And now today we can look at it and and if, I if mean, you try to reverse engineer the the metaphor to be for transgender people, it falls apart horribly, like instantaneously. Because it's, it's too, not made it's, for yeah. that. It's too. It's too. Um, it's too complicated. It's it's it. And I not not like being transgenderist, but like the the. The metaphor trying to is make too those connections. Yeah, it's, it's too, too it's too, too complicated. Yeah. And you're like you're retro like um retroactively. Yeah, you're retroactively. I was trying to think of like when you um, retrofitting. Yeah, you're retrofitting. Thank you. Yeah, you're no retrofitting <laughs> something into the metaphor that wasn't meant to be there to begin with that starts to um, yeah. that breaks the metaphor down on all levels. Yeah. If this was an episode about um, 
trying to introduce an audience to transgender identity and the struggles that they um, face, this would be god awful. Doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, it it would be terrible because uh, the reverse of the role would be insulting. I feel. Yes, absolutely. Like to say that, like, uh, you know, Soren, who is uh, non non-binary their whole species is non-binary then is like but i'm a woman it, it would make the the non-binary people look like it becomes it becomes bad. insulting <laughs> yeah at that point. yeah you're right you're 100 yeah. right and but yeah. as, as a metaphor for um like the lgbtq community and everything it also doesn't do the greatest job at that but it um I think the look into conversion therapy and like the horrors of conversion therapy is so far ahead of its time. Yeah. That, that alone is like, uh, at, at this point in history, like 1992 conversion therapy was seen as like a godsend. It's like the, it's the way to fix gay people. Well, that, I mean, that's exactly what they say in the episode. Right. And yeah. like it, and knowing now what we know and how like, we are you and me specifically like we look at it and we're like that's fucking terrifying like absolutely there's the, i can't think of it's i can brainwashing barely, is yes. what it is You're i can brainwashing someone and taking away everything that makes them what they are I, I it's hard for me to think of a more disturbing tng episode than the end of this one yeah it's 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 disturbing as fuck like and like i mean riker has a a fairly well deserved like man whore uh reputation right right. and it's not like kirk where people put that on him even though he's he's very much like falling in love with all these people yeah he's and that's just sort of a byproduct of the time like every protagonist did that in the 60s yeah even riker though like sometimes he's riker riker you feel for him in this episode because like there's a very organic build-up to them sort of falling for each other it's very honest and it's very open and that's that's love, right? And the fact that Soren is like, "Hey, look, like I'm just going to lay it all out." <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just going to tell With you how unbelievably yeah. dangerous that is for her. Yeah. Yeah, it it's heartbreaking. It's super heartbreaking. It is it is a rough episode. I I think this episode is extremely divisive and I feel like our review on it is going to be divisive as well. And that's fine. Like, I think yeah. everybody should have their own opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, mine's always right. So I don't know why people are having a problem with it. <laughs> that's M class email at gmail.com. <laughs> I mean, nah. just listen to what I say and follow what I say. This, uh, this episode is um, clunky is how I'd probably describe it in the way it pulls off its metaphor, but it's, there's a few, there's parts. a, there's a power behind it as well, because like I said, um, conversion therapy is horrifying and it's on full display in this episode. Can we talk about how the species name is like the vaginos? <laughs> the the, the, the genai. The genai. Like that's very like, uh, the gender. The, the Jani. The Jani. I always I thought like the the Jinas. Like this it's very like I don't know. I, I think that's on you. That's on me. <laughs> that might be on me. The Jiners. The the V Jiners. 
<laughs> the V'gers. Uh, I, I felt like, um, we're just gonna hop into, like, the episode proper here before we head to the first, uh, commercial break. Well, I mean, there's, like, 47 conversations we have to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot to unpack in this episode, so I'm gonna go ahead and hop directly into it. Um, this will probably be a long one, I imagine. But, um... You're a long one, I'd imagine. I don't need to. <laughs> it's TRGW. <laughs> totally real. Totally real. Uh, I thought it was cool that um, the Janai, they, like, lost track of a shuttlecraft, and uh, they just put in a request to Starfleet, like, hey, can you come help us? Yeah. And Starfleet was like, yeah, sure, we'll send the flagship. <laughs> yeah. We got nothing else going on. Let's go look for this thing. <laughs> but uh, they they launch a probe because they, they're, like, following a trail that just dead ends in the middle of nowhere in space. Yeah. And when they launch a probe, it disappears as well. So it's like, holy shit, we've discovered null space. There's, there's like, some science going on here as well. I don't think this is a real thing. I've never heard of this in my entire ah, it's life. It's totally real. Totally real null space. <laughs> T-R-N-S. T-R-N-S. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, null space has been completely theoretical up until this point. But they believe that that's the answer to all of the question marks. And the shuttle's it, probably still trapped inside the null space. It's sort of like a baby black hole or something. It's sort of like a black hole, but not really. It seems like it's a conjunction of dimensional space, maybe. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's like a like another reality. It's, it's definitely not yeah. real. You're right. It's not a real thing as far as I know. It would have been easier it, to explain this with like another phenomenon like any other phenomenon yeah I guess like it, it was like ah, it doesn't really matter you know it's not the point of the story yeah but, yeah yeah <laughs> um uh, Riker meets Soren a member of the Janai who's like a specialist in um something piloting I yeah it turns out turns out she's an awesome pilot but um I, I, by the way uh, I'm gonna be using she for Soren because that's what she chose. Fuckers, don't write in yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, uh, she's she's like a scientist as well. Like it yeah. doesn't really make much sense for Riker to be at the head of this because Riker's not a science officer. He's a, a no. command officer. If anything, it should be like Jordy or Data. Yeah, it should have been one of them, but um, Riker got to get that ass. Riker's got to have a story uh, this season. Put him in. But you're um, in, Coach. It makes about as much sense as Soren the pilot being chosen to figure out about null space. But can we talk about like the polyphonic spree of Janai that are on the bridge in the beginning of this episode? There's yeah, like <laughs> 47 people on the bridge, and they're all just kind of standing around. Like uh, I'm an extra. Like. Why did they put that many people up there? Like, Jesus Christ. I don't know. It feels like they liked the jumpsuits they made for them, that they thought they were cool, because they're always showing them off. Dude, doesn't do anything for the butt. I'll say that. Oh, you're supposed to be... uh, Not attracted to the butts. You're not supposed to be looking at the asses. You're supposed to be looking at... Feeling their thoughts and feelings. Look, if I'm up in space and I can't look at butts, what's the point? Well, that's the thing about the only one of the jumpsuits they ever made that looked great on an ass were the ones the energy guy who wore the white one that like went right up his ass cheeks. <laughs> Wait, who? 
the one who like Crusher fell in love with, and it turned out he was an energy oh, yeah. guy at the end. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. It. They made that jumpsuit with like ass accentuating action. That dude was like an action figure in real life. <laughs> but uh, Riker and Soren uh, have figured out a rescue plan to figure to you know get the shuttle out of the. We'll fly space another bomb. shuttle in, <laughs> and we'll just keep That'll sending work. in shuttles. <laughs> We'll make a big. We'll just connect a bunch of shovel, shuttles and like reach in there with it. It's like monkeys in a barrel. Just connect them. <laughs> but um, Soren's like, look, I'm a really great pilot, so I'm gonna take this one. You know, I can't have you risking your life for my people. Mm-hmm. And Riker's like, but you don't really know how to use our shuttles, so we'll team up. Yeah, let's team. Let's do a team up. Classic team up. And um. Uh, while they're working together, Soren just starts kind of asking questions about yeah. the differences between males and females. And this is a good metaphor for this whole episode, right? Uh-huh. Uh, the the episode itself and Riker in this is like your your uncle or your pop pop, your <laughs> grandpa who like means well, right? But like yeah. he's got such a such a like thin world view that he's like who who leads when you dance yeah he, who, he the uh, euphemisms because he's uncomfortable which is so today that would not that no. wouldn't you wouldn't write it that way i wouldn't anyway because no he, he like this whole episode means well and i give it yeah. a lot of props for that and Riker in the scene means well as well he's like oh, i'm just Confused about the way you do things, and she's and Soren's like, "Well, we're confused about the way you do things too." Yeah, and also we're confused about the way we do things too. <laughs> yeah. Also, we don't really have any real answers for you yeah. for the most part because it's 1992. Right. But we don't we don't really know what we're doing yet. <laughs> but um, Riker's like, "Oh, you know, uh, some some women are demure and petite, and others are energetic, and it's all very nineties. The way he's describing the differences between the sexes. Yeah, it, he's yeah. like the the men's get the big uh, ear swabs, and they fight on top of the pyramid, <laughs> and the women shoot the tennis balls out." <laughs> It's very nineties. Gla- American gladiators <laughs> ass shit. But uh he, he's very very much like your uncle who's like, Well what do I call you now? Like he's Yeah. <laughs> trying I, to be like friendly but also be yeah. like inappropriate. Yeah. Cause he doesn't really know, you know. And um <laughs> Riker's like, I don't know what um pronouns to use. And the show is like, we don't either. So Soren's not going to give you an answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though I mean, later, Sor- they they all start using they. Like, all of the... It's by accident, mostly. Like, how yeah. people who are like... Uh, they isn't a, a pronoun for one person. And then they start using it accidentally later. Because it is. Because yeah, it is. Because it can be, absolutely. It, it is in every other language, also. Yeah. Like um, every language has a they that they use as a uh, like a formal. But d- during this whole scene, Riker and Soren are very much like there's this sort of veneer of like a scientific curiosity, but they're very much like flirting with each other. They're definitely flirting, and like 
the veneer of the scientific uh, curiosity, as as you so I like that a lot, uh, is also because we haven't yet learned that Soren is actually wants to know about the difference because she believes that she is a she. Yeah, right. We haven't got to that just yet. So yeah, it's all that, yeah. It's all like at a distance, and I mean, there's like literally a moment where like. She's like, what do you look for in a female? Yeah. And Riker says, you know, she has to laugh at all my jokes. And, and then laughs. Soren laughs yeah. at the joke. Yeah. Like, Which is like, yeah, dude. Yep. Like, Riker's like, ah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. But, Crite, I think is how her name, their name is said. Yeah. The leader. Crite is the leader who, we also learn later, is the one who basically, like, brought Soren into the service and, and the Janai and everything. Yeah. And taught her everything she knows. Like, Krite, like, walks in, and they're like, what the fuck's happening here? <laughs> yeah, Krite ain't having it. And Which Sor- is like... Soren immediately goes back to full-on scientific mode. Like, uh, uh, I'll bid I'll bid you goodnight, Riker. We'll continue talking about the shuttlecraft in the morning. Well, she, t- she grabs his arm, right? Like, she has her arm on his. Like... Because she looks over at... at, They're in Ted Forward, and she looks over, and there's a couple, like, flirting and touching each other and, you know, on a date. There always is in Ten Forward. There always... It's the place. It's the the hottest place on the ship. Uh, And and the woman is grabbing the man, and then Soren does that with Riker. Like, she's emulating... Yeah, and she, like, yanks that hand back when Krite comes in. Which I thought was really, uh, that was really cool. Like, that was a really a nice, like, touch. Yeah, absolutely. It's like an unspoken kind of thing that co- sort of connects the scene. Yeah, because you're dealing with, like, in the story, you're dealing with, like, an unnatural thing for that species, right? So uh, how would she know? That's sort of, that's sort of um, I feel like that's a confirmation thing for her as well, because she talks about later, there's, um, there's an unfair criticism uh, leveled against this episode mm-hmm. that I've seen like a ton of times because I went looking for other opinions because I'm like I'm still like torn about parts of this episode whether I think they do a good job or a bad job yeah and uh, this episode gets uh, the criticism leveled at it that like oh like this non-binary being falls for Riker and suddenly just becomes a woman but yeah, she literally yeah. says in the episode that she's already had relationships yeah. that are gendered on the planet. Like, yeah. And, and the, that she's had to hide them from the other Janai. Like, this isn't a spur-of-the-moment change of heart or whatever. This is right. who she's been for a very long time. And she talks about that in the episode. Yeah, I think, I think that that's, you know, that's obviously, like, the, the gay analogy where, like, gay men and women had to, like find each other in a in a time like pre-70s right extremely, like extremely like dangerous time yeah even even in the 90s when they were like gay clubs and stuff like if you lived yeah. in a, if you lived anywhere and got caught going to those gay clubs there's always a chance that you could be like physically harmed or murdered because yeah depending I mean, I, there's, yeah. it's not like that's gone away but that was extremely prevalent during the 90s yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they're just the other couple of pre, like pre-COVID, like, there was like a, a hate crime in in Philly. Like these this gay, these gay dudes were walking down the street and these idiots fucking attacked them, and it's like yeah, it's and wild, that, that's man. like a, that's <laughs> for the Janai as well. Um, having a gender is the same way, right? Yeah, 
again, it's a clunky metaphor, but it's easy to follow, especially for an audience at that time. Yeah, I like how you put it, how it's like the the TOS episode with the black and white face. I think that's... It's it's almost so simple that it, it seems like it's clunky, I, and I guess it is, but I don't know. I think it like I think you're right. Uh, if you, if you start weighing in on like now how it is, it's gonna you're gonna have a bad time with this episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm trying to work around that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I live now, so <laughs> do do we though? <laughs> Not in my heart of hearts. <laughs> I live in the Star Trek time. Oh, God, I wish. And uh, speaking of that, we're gonna take a quick commercial break for a Star Trek commercial or not. And we'll be right back after these messages. It's probably like pancakes or something. Mmm, delicious. We'll be right back. <laughs> after these messages, we'll be right back. You flip, but they flop. You flip, but they flop. Now your pancakes are a mess, and all that butter and fat to cook them? There's got to be a better way. Hi, Mark Gill here for the Perfect Pancake Pan, the fast, easy, spatula-free way to make picture-perfect pancakes every time. Watch, just pour in your favorite batter, close the handle, and flip it. Presto, four golden brown pancakes with no mess and no added fat. The reason is this double-sided, non-stick surface that's so slippery, not even burnt-on cheese will stick to it. Flip delicious blueberry, fluffy apple cinnamon, or four mouth-watering buttermilk flapjacks. Fast, easy, and without ever using a spatula. If you can turn a doorknob, you can use the perfect pancake pan. Oh no, you broke the yolk again. But watch what happens with the perfect pancake pan. Four eggs over easy without ever breaking a yolk. Amazing! Now make tasty gingerbread pancakes, fluffy cranberry, or mountains of chocolate chip pancakes for the kids in an instant. You can also make delicious dessert crepes or four healthy egg sandwiches, just like from a restaurant. Plus, cleanup's a breeze. Why flip and flop one at a time? Call now and make four perfect pancakes at the same time with the Perfect Pancake Pan and our fast and fluffy recipe book for only $19.95. But wait, order now and we'll double your order free. Just pay separate shipping and handling. But I'm not stopping there. You'll also receive our non-drip batter dispenser. Just add your favorite batter, then dispense the perfect amount without the mess. Every time, you get two perfect pancake pans with recipe book and the no-drip batter dispenser, a whopping $80 value, all for just $19.95. Don't delay. Order today. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully you bought that good and or service. Mmm, waffles. Hopefully we had a real... Uh, we're probably not going to have a real Let's sponsor. get a real one again. That's great when we do that. I'm always a big fan of that. If you want to become a sponsor of the show and have your commercials during our commercial break, uh, shoot us an email. mclassemail at gmail.com and we'll talk about it. We'll pay you in feet pics. Wait. No, they pay us in money. <laughs> oh, oh, that's why we're so bad at this. I've been accepting feet pics. Well, I've been giving out feet I've picks. been giving out feet pics to do things for people. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the economy, am I right? <laughs> so, uh, Riker and Soar in the next day are working um, in the shuttle. They're, like, trying to fix it and everything. They're being... They're being, like, they pop the hood. They're, like, sipping a brewski. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, working on the hot rod. And uh, Soren's like, "Uh, Commander, tell me about your sexual organs. (laughs) 
<laughs> Here is where the episode sort of falls apart. A right? little this, bit. Because, like, I, I know Riker's not, like, a scientist, but, like, in a, in a, in a Star Trek world where... You know, like, the dude goes to Ryza and he fucks on the reg just because that's what people do. Like, there's so many things he could say here. Like, well, you know, I could show you, like, a diagram and, like, a, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, why is he, like... He, he's very, like, um, middle school sex ed about it. Yeah. He's, like, oh, the, the man uh, impregnates the woman. Yeah, he inseminates her. Yeah, he ins- the male inseminates the female. What's wild though is he says like, yeah, the dude just cream pies the fuck out of her, and just she's over like, and is- over and over again, and then she posts about it on Facebook, <laughs> and then her parents have to see that she got fucking cream pied like a million times, and they hit like because that's the American way, and they hit like because you, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> but um, the Janai apparently. Uh, both parties inseminate a husk. Yeah, how does that work? That gives birth to a Janai. I don't know. But Riker doesn't say, like, so do do you have, like, what is your sexual organs like? Riker doesn't want to know. He's like, can we work on this? (laughs) He doesn't want to know. But he's like, uh, I don't know, uh, that seems less uh, risky, but seems a whole lot less enjoyable. And Soren's like, our mating process is very long, replete with variety and invention, I assure you, it's very pleasurable. And Riker's like, go down, boner. Go down. This is, he's like, this is what my sexual organs are like. And uh, she's like, I wonder if the Janai and humans are sexually compatible. Yeah. And Riker's like, he's like <laughs> his bow tie starts spinning. <laughs> Steam's coming out of his ears. It's weird, dude. But um, Soren begins to talk about the Janai's history. Um, they've evolved past the need for a male-female divide, like in the ancient times, the prehistory. Yeah, they used to be men and women, or two genders, yeah. whatever you want to call and it. He's, it. She's like, you know, like not to be insulting or anything, but like we see uh, gender as like, um, barbaric is like prehistoric. Primitive, yeah. Primitive, that's the way it was. It wasn't barbaric. She didn't like fucking ruin his life or anything. She just said it was. <laughs> Remember when you t- turned into that Crow Magnon man that one time in the future? <laughs> that's how we see you. But um, well, they're charting the edge of the null pocket during this whole time, and there's this like fairly cool like little special effect where they like turn. And then the cell, like, goes into the null pocket, so you can, like, see, like, a, a cut, like, a um, cross-section of it. As it yeah, goes like, a, yeah, yeah. And, That's cool. Uh, it sucks all the power out of it as it goes through, so they start just spinning. <laughs> and um, Soren gets, like, fucked up, like, gets conked on the noggin, and uh, they get sent uh, to... Um, Sick bay. Yeah, why don't they have seatbelts on these things? It's a good question. They're just like inertial dampeners. It's fine. Yeah, I love how like he's like inertial dampeners are going down. Watch out! And she's like, boom, boom, falls. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> fucking clonked. <laughs> um, but when Soren gets taken to sick bay, um, she strikes up a conversation with Crusher. 
I thought this was interesting. I did like this part. Crusher was still a little grandma-y, but like... A little bit. Well, there there is parts, like, they're talking about makeup, right? Yeah. And I liked the observation of, like, why do you paint your face? Like, I just like that that way of thinking about yeah. it. I was like, and there's, like, oh, like, a very yeah. 1992 answer, right? Where, yeah, like, and then the answer is, like, well... She's like, like, oh, you know, women use it to attract men, which is, yeah. one, not true, and two, men also wear makeup. Right, there's plenty <laughs> of people who wear makeup. Riker's like, wearing makeup in the previous scene and the next one, so... I wore makeup in high school and shit. Like, dude... Like, yeah, it, it, dudes wear makeup yeah. all the time. This, that was, like, it's seven years... At, that wasn't even seven years. That was, like, uh, like five years after this show came out, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> So it's a very 1992, like, daytime television answer, right? It's safe for your mom and, yeah. and your aunt to watch, yeah. But, um... She's like, you know, men and women used to not be considered equal, like women were considered weaker, but in the present day, that's no longer the case, and we're equal in every way. Yeah. And um, Riker comes to pick up Soren, and um, they uh, they head off to not have sex yet. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Uh, we cut to a poker game where uh, Data is here now. He's in this episode also. <laughs> and Data, Crusher, and uh, Troy and Worf are all playing cards. Yeah. And Worf is a sexist. Yeah. And <laughs> Crusher, or uh, Troy is like uh, Federation Day rules, right? Yeah. And, and Worf's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is a Biddy's game. And she's like, twos, aces, and, and sixes are wild. And Worf is like, ah, this is a woman's game. It makes it easier to win. And I thought this was a really clever scene because. Yeah. I love that Crusher's like, I just got done telling somebody that we were beyond yeah, all this. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> and then Worf gets his hand and he's like, it's hard to tell what I even have. And it's like, you just said it was easy, right? Yeah, like you dumb fucker. Like, you just said it was easy and you're, it's like, the game's just different. You're, it's not easier, it's just different. He's like, <laughs> I'm bothered by the Jedi. Like, I don't, I'm, I think they're strange. And yeah. Data's like, Why? Uh, that's Troy's great. like, yeah, Worf. Why? Why? <laughs> that's what he says. I don't know what I have in my hand, but yeah, I'm at like, fifty. He's like, I'm betting fifty. <laughs> he like shuts his fucking mouth, dude. Right? <laughs> but um, have you ever noticed how vaccines put implants in you? Oh no, Worf. Oh, no, Worf. You ever, you ever notice how women, men go to the club like this, and women go to the club like me, 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 me. You ever notice how women take so long to put on their makeup that men truly never wear? <laughs> Every he time says. a woman tries to open a pickle jar, they're like, me, me. <laughs> so, uh. Do you ever notice how men suck my dick better than women? I mean, fuck. <laughs> fuck. But uh, back on the shuttle, they're, like, uh, working to fix the problems that were there before and to update the shuttle with uh, the necessary components so that they can go into the null void. They got it phasers. <laughs> uh, Riker and Soren strike up another conversation where Soren says, Look, this is extremely dangerous for me to tell you this, but... I identify as a woman, and amongst yeah. the Janai, it is a criminal act. Yeah, it's uh, 
It's like, uh, uh, we're getting into some, like, fucking, like, Nazi shit. <laughs> yeah, she's right? like, like look, this is, uh, yeah. if they find out, then they'll do Technotronic. Uh, they, they give it a name, but it's Conversion Therapy. If they find out, they're going to play Darude Sandstorm into my brain until I'm not until I'm not a woman anymore. Psychotectic. That's what, what it, it was. Yeah. And um, they're going to do like psychotectic therapy, which she she says will like erase everything she is. It's conversion therapy. Yeah, she talks about like uh, she was in school, right, and one of the students was a male. Like he he yeah. walked, he was and like. Was I'm, like endlessly ridiculed for it. Yeah, he got beat up and then one day they like they like fucking like like black hooded him, right? They like mm-hmm. took him away. <laughs> and you're like, fuck. When he came back, sucks. he was like a completely different person. Yeah. Which is like you don't really get the like the like in the back of my mind anyway when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, well, cuz like I knew at this point we were talking about like conversion therapy and I was like yeah, like did he did he come back and and just say that right? Like yeah, you don't like, really understand the weight yeah. of it until it happens to Soren like yeah, because that's like a lot of times, from my understanding, is what happens now. Since we don't like technotronically brainwash people, we like just yell at them until they figure out like not to say I'm gay anymore, unless it's like like chemical castration and shit like that that's another fucking like, I, I definitely don't know the ins and outs of conversion therapy i know that like there's like a genuine brainwashing side of it as yeah well. yeah for sure yeah so, it, it's it's yeah it's like a you know it's like church yeah it brainwashes <laughs> it's you it's like fucking church yeah but um this is when soren talks about how she's identified as a female since she was young like and she's yeah. been having relationships in secret with the people who identify as males this whole time. And she finds Riker very attractive and is interested in, you know, starting one of those relationships. Yeah. Riker's, he's, he's like a little confused, a little wary because of how dangerous this seems to be for Soren at this point. It seems like he's going to kiss her and she, but, or say something. And then she's like, don't, don't say anything. Just, I want you to think about it. Which I think yeah. is, like, extremely mature. Like, Oh, uh, they, they come at this whole relationship thing from an extremely open and mature yeah. place that I really do appreciate. It feels very yeah. Star Trek. Yes. It's, Even though five seconds ago... feels more real that way. Yeah. Even though five seconds ago, Riker was like, but my penis, but I... My penis and balls. <laughs> so, Jordy has approved the shuttle's launch. He's technically in this episode. They mention him. Dude, Jordy fucking with the beard, he like kick flips in on his fucking hoverboard. <laughs> he like... He's wearing Zubas. Dude. Oh, dude, he's so fucking tight. It's... <laughs> But um, <laughs> they they have like a very short amount of time before the null pocket is going to drain the shuttle of all of its energy. So they basically have like one chance to get in and get out. Yeah, to find the other shuttle. That's what we're still doing. In yeah, case anyone they, forgot, <laughs> I I kind of did. But yeah, no, I did too. When I watched it, I was like, oh right, I forgot about this. They enter the <laughs> null pocket and they find the other shuttle. 
all life signs immediately. are still there. Immediately. It's right there. It's boom. There they are. Wow, that was hard. I guess it would have to run out of power like really fast, so it wouldn't get too far. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's not that big of a pocket. I don't know. Yeah. The two crew members are on an unconscious, and it's at this point that I realize the flagship of the Federation has come to rescue two people. What an extremely good use of resources. <laughs> and um, they, the power drain is like sucking them dry, like not even in a good way. It's oh, just yeah. sucking the life out of them. Oh, yeah. And uh, they try to be, they beam the two crew members over. That it fails the first work. time. Yeah. It works the second time. And they try to... Uh, they put everything on the ship into the beam out, which causes the ship to explode for some reason. Why uh, Why not? You know? Why the fuck not? And they beam the sick bay. Everybody's going to be okay. Kreitz yeah. there. It's like, for thank Kreitz's you, Riker. Uh, come to our planet to celebrate this evening. We're going to have a party. It's going to be great. There's going to be no like, men or women there. <laughs> and Soren's like, look, it'll be great. Let's go. Let's. Yeah. I'll see you there. And Christ's like, mm, mm. I see what's happening here. This is going to be a problem for my conservative ways. <laughs> Riker pulls a page directly out of my book and leaves the party to sit outside by himself. <laughs> Yeah, man, I I felt like, like, I really felt for Riker because dude loves parties, man. Right? Like, he's like a party guy, and he doesn't want to be in the party because he doesn't. I think deep down want to like get Soren in trouble because I yeah. think he knows that he's, this he's point, afraid of yeah. like this relationship that's forming and his feelings that are forming right. because it's so dangerous for him. like like you know right like you and I know like. When you're in gonna be with somebody, like it's pretty obvious. Like you just know, right? Like sure. And sometimes that can be like a uh oh feeling because <laughs> you know you're you feel out of control in a way. And circumstances can be yes difficult yes. to work through as well. And this these are some of the hardest cir- of circumstances. Yeah, this is literally life and death. So so and well, yeah. Soren comes out and they have a little conversation where Riker talks about you know like. He grew up outside, so sometimes being in a party is a little too much. Like, being surrounded by so many people, he's just not as comfortable. Yeah, he's like, back in Alaska, when there was three people that lived there. Three we people, and my dad left, and, le- and then, so there was only two people in the state. When when I was doing Ambo Jitsu with my dad, that was the <laughs> closest I've ever been to a person. So, uh, Soren's like, do you want to go see the plant life? And he's like, sure, this isn't some weird, like, metaphor for, like, fertility, is it? Riker's like, yeah, I would. I've always been interested in exobotany, which is the first we as an audience have ever heard of this. So I think he knows what's happening. Yeah, he's like, I'm interested in this thing. Yep, yep. And they get all romantic, talk about flowers, so Riker pulls Soren in and they just start macking hardcore. He is kissing hard. That that boy can kiss. And there's a scene that happens right after this that I feel is extremely important to putting together the seriousness of Riker's feelings. Because mm-hmm. this is the first time I think this happens in the series. It may happen one more, but it's extremely rare. Riker goes to talk to Troy. 
yeah. about it. To be like, look, I want you to know that like I I found someone that I'm interested in being with, and I don't want to lose our friendship because of it. Yeah. And you can kind of tell she's like kind of sad, sort of, but she's yeah. also being very... If this were now and they wrote this, she would have been pissed off. Oh yeah, she would have been like, ah, yeah, you know, she would have, she would have hidden it and then later been like, well, I don't know what to do, you know, like she would have been like, look, you, you were too busy with your career for me. Yeah, you could be with this yep. person. Yep, it would have. Yep, exactly. But no, she's, she's like, you know, I'm glad that you found someone, and I think this will make our friendship even stronger. Yeah, and she says like. I think we'll always be in each other's lives, which is like, yeah, that's like true love. Like that's like love. That's like not necessarily romantic, but like it's beautiful. Yeah, though. yeah, it's yeah, it is. There's a scene that sort of mirrors this earlier, maybe. Oh, fuck up. Wow, I'm so I am sorry. not. I am not editing that. I am so sorry. That was a classic yawn. I've been trying not to yawn so much because I'm sleepy, boy. Well, we don't sleep. This is early for us. Yeah, <laughs> sadly. Like, this is like how our lives are. Yeah. But um, there's a scene that kind of mirrors this later where the dude who's um, selling, he's selling something in like the Ferengi. He's like the top negotiator guy. And yeah. he falls in love with, uh, or he falls for um, Troy and they like start kind of seeing each other. And the uh, Riker is supposed to negotiate against him. That's right. Yeah, that's And they like have a little meeting together or whatever where the negotiator guy's like, you know, I already have Troy. So Mm -hmm. like I just have to wrap up this negotiation and I'll have everything. And Riker smiles and he's like, You made a fatal mistake there and showed me your hand. Like I'm I'm extremely happy for Troy to find somebody who she can love openly and honestly. Yeah. And I bet you anything that'll be the best thing in your hollow little life if she does. Dude, so such a fucking sick burn. And he leaves, and the guy's like, "Oh, but I'm an '80s guy in the '90s." <laughs> but um, he goes to uh, Soren's quarters to go see her, so that you know they can he can tell her that he's interested in being together as well. And she's not there. Kreit's there. Oh God! And she's they're like, look. She's been arrested and sent back to the planet to pay for her crimes. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Very dramatic. It's very personal, which I I think is, like, a nice, like, touch. Like, not a nice touch, but, like, a very realistic touch. Like, like, Kreit is... blames him, absolutely. Blaming Riker, yeah. And and it's, like, like, to, like, a a healthy-minded, like, individual, like... Why would anyone care who's in a relationship with whom? <laughs> right? Yeah, and absolutely. To, and to Riker, it, it, he's like, what? Like, what is... Like, he's, like, blindsided by it. Even though he knew it was dangerous. Like, but actually being in that circumstance is, like, legitimately crazy. Oh, yeah, there's, there's an absolute difference between just sort of hearing about how dangerous yeah. it is and living it. Yeah. And, yeah, he's seeing, like, oh, these people are... They've brainwashed themselves as like a society, and now we're in a whole different, <laughs> oh yeah, arena at this point, right? Like the danger level has gone up exponentially, and his yeah. ability to do anything about it has gone down exponentially. It's it's become, uh, yes, 
That's a great way to put it. But Riker's kind of like blind to that at this point. She's like, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. And he says, "We'll see about that." Well, and he's he goes in love. The planet. He's in love, and he does not. He's not thinking. Yeah. He's not thinking. He's just like, he's like, he's, and he's ready to like give himself over as like the sole problem maker here. Like he he just bursts into the trial, and he's like, "Look, yeah. uh, I forced myself on Soren. Like this could cost him his career as well, right? Like I right. acted inappropriately. I tried to force myself on Soren, and that's why we kissed." Yeah. And the judge is like, Soren, is this true? And she's like, no. Yeah. I'm tired of living a lie. And she gives like a really, like a nice speech. Yeah, it's really good. That's, it's all a metaphor for homosexuality. It's, yes. Um, if you're, if you're like, like I've said again, if you've come into this episode looking for a metaphor for like trans identities and stuff, you, it's, it's not equipped for that whatsoever. And yeah. again, whether it does a good job for, um, and like a gay analogy or not is, that's up to you. But, <laughs> uh, she gives a, she gives a, a good speech that's all about, um, you know, acceptance of uh, other sexual identities, not gender identities. It's just yeah. sort of masked in that. And while she's doing this, everyone just like sits and listens. Like none of them have, none of them are moved whatsoever. Yeah, there's and, people in the back who kind of are like, <gasps> like, cr- like pearl clutching. Oh, fully, you know, yeah, fully. <laughs> and you're like, oh god, you know. And uh, the tribunal. Sentences Soren to receive conversion therapy the following day, and Riker's like, "Look, just let her come with me. Like yeah. she can join the Enterprise. You'll never see her again. She can't change anyone's mind. She can't affect your society. Just let us go." Yeah. And the the this is where we see that the society is so corrupt at its very core. They they it, can't even have like one loose end out there, right? Like yeah. And I mean it's, that's it's it's like a eugenics thing. It's like it, dude. It's like some straight up like Nazi shit. It's like yeah, and it's, it's not like we're out of this type of mindset either. Like, no, there's, no, there's no. a massive percentage of the population that feel the same way. Oh yeah, being gay is a sickness, and right. they have an obligation to cure it. Is what the judge right. says, and a lot of evangelicals say as well. Yeah, and. Riker goes to dad. Riker goes to dad, yeah. Dad, they won't let my girlfriend go. (laughs) Dad, let me borrow the Corvette. I gotta go save my girlfriend. And Picard's like, I can negotiate with you. And Riker's like, they're not open to negotiations. Like, we have to do something. And Picard knows what Riker's thinking at this point. He knows, yeah. And he's like, look, I urge you... Not to take matters into your own hands. This is a matter of the prime directive. You could, like, you're putting yourself in harm's way, not only, like, now, but for the entirety of your career in Starfleet. Yeah. And he doesn't care. He He's, like, he's like pissed at, at Picard. Yeah, he's, he's like, can I go? He's like, can I go now? Yeah, and... and Picard is so great of a dad, he doesn't get mad. No. He he wishes there was more that he could do. You can tell. Yeah. But he knows that he can't, and things have to continue on their way. Like, 
we don't learn a whole lot about the Federation's relationship with the Janai, but it seems like the Janai are warp capable, but nowhere near close to the point of being able to join the Federation. Like, we're helping out of the goodness of our hearts at this point. So the yeah. Prime Directive very much still applies. Yeah, it does. I also kind of think that, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Federation, like, doesn't allow you to be a member if you're committing, like, gay fucking convergence therapy yeah. on people, you know what I mean? Full like, on, like, mental gay genocide. Like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's one of the things where it's, they're, they're yeah, like, we're, oh, we're okay. against that in Starfleet. Yeah. yeah. We, we frown on that type of thing. <laughs> um, Riker's getting his gun re- guns ready. <laughs> he's going down to shoot, a, shoot out, and yeah. Worf comes in, and he's like, I heard about what happened on the planet. Uh, I'm coming with you. Yeah, I love this. It's very, it's very nice. Like it's very like Worf is like, uh, I understand what happened. And like I, I'm with you. This is wrong. And yeah, uh, a warrior would never let a friend go into battle by themselves. I like how he like cloaks it in like the Klingon tradition, even yeah. though he really wants to be like. It's because you're my brother and I love you. <laughs> you I know, love but you and I want to help you. <laughs> but, but he can't. He's like, well, no. you're my commanding officer. And, he's, you know. He's, uh... Toxic masculinity as fuck in this episode, so... A little bit. He, had to rede- he had to get a little bit of redemption. He gets going. a little bit of redemption here. And he, yeah. he goes down to, um... To the planet with, uh... With Worf. Riker and Worf head down to the planet. They they're put on their in, ninja suits. They're dressed in ninja costume. <laughs> but Worf has a ninja costume on, and Riker has his, like, blue suede shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, there's some security guards, and they just fucking lay them out. And yeah. Riker grabs Soren and runs away, and this is when, like, Soren reveals that, like, the psychotectic treatment didn't happen tomorrow. It happened today. Yep. And she's like, you know, I I was wrong about everything. And I, I, I have no interest in you. And I never should have. And yep. everything that was Soren is gone. It's and, fucked up, dude. And, like, she's, she just seems, like, hollow and robotic. And Riker's like, but I love you. Yeah. And Soren's, I'm sorry, and leaves. And she walks away past, like, the trees, and, like, she doesn't even look back. It's, like, heartbreaking, yeah. dude. It's she heartbreaking. She doesn't care anymore. That part of her, that part of her that made her her is gone. It's fucked up. I, I hate it. <laughs> back, back on the Enterprise, Riker just walks in, and Picard's, like, uh, we, we have to, you know, go to this next thing. Or is all of our business with the Janai finished? And right yeah. here just says, finished, sir. He's, dude. And, like, Picard knows, right? Like, what he tried. Like, there's no way he yeah. doesn't know, right? No, he definitely knows. He knows, yeah. And he, Riker's just fucking crushed. Like, I, I, the, the, the look on his face, like, the Jonathan Frakes has is just, like, he doesn't cry. He doesn't need to. He's just, he's, like. Out of it, like he's, he's like just out. Of he's it. been hollowed out by the experience, yeah. right? Yeah, gutted. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. It's fucked up. It's it fucked, up. fucked up. It's a fucked up ending. <laughs> 
I well, just, I just heard that. Uh, I just like read this at the bottom that like Star Trek had like covered all these issues with sexism, racism, minorities, ethnic groups, but they hadn't addressed anything about homosexuality. And yeah. there was like letter writing campaigns yeah. being sent into the offices about it, and that's what inspired this episode. This was about the time when like when like. LGBTQ people, like, or, or at least just like, gay, right, like gay people, like, started to make their voices heard more. I mean, like, uh, like Freddie Mercury had just died. I remember that was a big thing. Obviously, yeah. like the AIDS epidemic was like huge, like in terms of the gay community because like people lost like so many friends and shit. Oh, absolutely, and they were being demonized for causing yeah. it at yeah. the same time while they were losing all like friends, family, lovers, like Yeah. They were yeah. It's horrific. So that was happening the the like as weird as it sounds, but like uh the real world had like a, like gay cast members on it and like that was like the first time like real gay people were on TV that I can recall. Yeah. Not in any way that was like <laughs> making fun of them or you know they weren't like silly characters like in revenge of the nerds right like that like the gay guy is like a joke right like he's he's like a joke character but this was like real people um so it was starting to it it was starting to come around and it doesn't surprise me that people were like star trek what are you doing this is like your whole thing like talk about this you know i think um there are two elephants in the room with this episode that should probably be addressed. I don't remember any elephants. <laughs> One, there's Dumbo. He was there. And, no, um, Dumbo sucks. I think people know this at this point that Rick Berman is like a giant piece of shit. I think people understand yeah. that at this point. Like he uh, was like a sexist. He was always like inappropriately touching actresses and like talking about their bodies and shit at them. Uh, it's probably not the craziest leap to, uh, for me to tell you that he was also, uh, kind of like, uh, homophobic as well. What? Rick Berman? So the reason why they were five seasons into TNG wasn't because no one had submitted any scripts about uh, Uh, homosexual issues. It is because Rick Berman had turned all of them down. Yeah. You didn't want to do it. Yep. And I mean, he's he. If you go through all the records of people talking about this episode on the wiki, there is one entry about Rick Berman saying that uh, he didn't want to have male actors play the Janai because it would be icky. Yeah, um, Jonathan yeah, that... Fr- Jonathan Frakes has gone on record saying that they. I didn't think they were gutsy enough to take it where it should have. Soren should have been played by a male. We've gotten a yeah. lot of mail in that episode, but I'm not sure it was as good as it could have been. If they were trying to do what they call a gay episode, then I should have had I should have kissed a man. Yeah, for sure. Like, I thought about that too uh, when I was watching it. I was like, oh, they're they're all played by by women actors, right? Like, I could tell yeah. like they androgenize them to a point, but you know, uh, yeah, it should have at least there should have been a mix of the two, right? Yeah, I, and I then think there, I think there may be like one or two men in the, in the background, well, but yeah. in the background. But Soren should have been played by a man if Absolutely. this is going to be the gay episode. Absolutely, and that um, would have been then you could have now you could have better talked about transgender issues 
if Soren was played by a man who identified as a woman. Yeah, if, that would if been, that's how that would have been much more clear cut. Yes. As, a, as a way to talk about those issues. Again, this episode is uh, not really about that and does a piss poor job of it. If that's what you're looking for, I yeah. think. I think Trek in general, uh, and I think uh, that's sort of the tagline of this LGBTQ collection is that Trek mm-hmm. does a pretty piss poor job at uh, LGBTQ representation up until. Uh, Discovery just has gay characters in it who are gay, and they date right, each other. Right. Um, I feel like it's extremely late for that to have been happening for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's like Rick Berman was in charge of Star Trek up until very recently, and uh, he he nixed everything that came across his desk that it had would, anything gay in it. It would be wonderful to live in a world where... Even as early as TOS, there was, like, a gay character. That would be great. But, yeah. unfortunately, we don't live in that reality because George Kirk died. Um, ah, damn. R.I.P. <laughs> so, I would blame George Kirk for dying. That's why we don't get to have nice things and good stories. That's rough. <laughs> why can't you just held on a little longer, George Kirk? No, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I agree with you. Like, Star Trek is imperfect, and yeah, it is a product of the people who make it and the time it was made, obviously, like anything. And I, I think it's unfair to go back and, like, criticize some of that stuff in a way, but I agree that, like, when somebody like Rick Berman is in charge, like, nixing, you know like clearly like you're gonna have to do it at some point why not just pick the best one and do it and then go for it but that's how i feel but that's this episode was palatable for rick berman because uh frakes kissed a woman in it so there's nothing really gay about the episode like publicly right and rick berman was always extremely conscious of the way the general public was going to be perceiving an episode. Uh, yeah, the the politics of running the show also plays a huge part, right? Like Rick Berman maybe was too afraid to you know, hear it from his bosses. What are you doing, Rick? You know that would have happened. Like, I, oh, like yeah, that it, totally it could be. Happened. It's I'm not going to make excuses for no, that. No, no. That I don't think that's an excuse either. No. I I don't feel like that's a good excuse i mean like there are ways around that shit like there's the famous like first interracial kiss on television where yeah uh they purpose like uh not only did shatner purposefully fuck up takes where they didn't kiss but they mysteriously lost those takes yeah they they went missing there might not have been even any film in the cameras for those yeah maybe yeah and it's like there are ways around that sort of network censorship if you really want to do it right and in 1992 the powers that be did not really want to do that and that's a shame yeah the 90s um not as like liberal as people may remember or want to remember especially the early 90s i remember the early 90s i was probably like Early, like eight, ten, nine, ten years old. I remember it being pretty conservatively weird where I yeah, lived. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like if you want an idea about how the nineties were when it comes to like any sort of like minority group 
or like different sexuality, go back and l- uh, listen to a white comedian on Deaf Comedy <laughs> Jam. I would recommend you don't do that because it's yes. probably horrible. <laughs> Dude, when I saw that Deaf Comedy Jam was on like a channel on Pluto or something, and I got yeah. really excited. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. And I went and watched it, and everybody's stand-up act is nothing but racial impressions and yep. gay bashing yep. and woman bashing. Well, Eddie Murphy, Eddie, Eddie Murphy did it, right? And that was like a, a huge hit. In the in the eight, this was like eighty five, yeah. right? Eighty four, and like, goddamn, like, dude, that shit is like super offensive, right? Oh, yeah. And like, the weirdest thing was like this white guy got up on stage. This is like the the halcyon days that conservatives miss, right? Yeah, this is this it, white yeah. guy got up on stage and did a bunch of extreme racist jokes about black people, right? And the black people in the audience were so used to it that they laughed. Right. This is the halcyon days that like right winger comedians are missing. <laughs> yeah, they 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 got free laughs for a thing that like wouldn't go. People shouldn't laugh at. Well, not the not that they shouldn't laugh at it. Like well, people can, wouldn't laugh. Put, at people anymore. wouldn't laugh Let's put at it. That it. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's uh, you know what? We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with our final scores and thoughts about this episode. Right after these messages. After these messages, he'll right fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe! It's Major Blood in the Cobra Copter. They're after Gong Ho. Get the G.I. Joe Dragonfly Copter. Wild Bill to the rescue. Major Blood, look. Let's get out of here. Cobra Turning Tail. Want to lift good buddies? G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe Dragonfly Copter comes with Wild Bill, other figures and equipment, each sold separately from Hasbro. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully you've been enjoying our nuanced takes on this subject we have no business talking about. We are nobodies with opinions. <laughs> I think if you've been listening to M Class Email, we got a question about cultural appropriation, and I was very clear to be like, we are not the two people to be asking about this. Unless you're talking about like lucky charms. Yeah. <laughs> In which case, I don't care. Eat lucky charms. It's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about that either. <laughs> They're delicious. The only Irish stereotype that bothers me too much is the Irish are violent drunks. I'll fucking kill you if you say that, Jeff. Glug, 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 Mick is the um, yeah I know the I know Irish what it one. is the one yeah. when you want to be mean to an Irish yeah because their names start with Mick MC right here's here's the thing that I find crazy right because the times they are changing for the yeah. better um, in some ways and in some ways yeah <laughs> uh, some in some ways the times they are a regressing but um, <laughs> but I to, regress. <laughs> After this episode aired, the producers received letters like they did, you know, the people who wanted it to, um, wanted them to do a gay episode. They received a deluge of letters from social conservatives. Of course they did. That's what they were afraid of. That's why they didn't who, want to do it. Who were like mad about it, but also 
Uh, well, they no, I'm reading it wrong. Actually, apparently, okay. they received a small number of letters from social conservatives who okay. were mad about it. They received many more objections from the gay community who believed the episode was too oblique and didn't go far enough. Yeah. In particular, they noted that homosexuality was not even mentioned. No, no. I mean, that... that they don't really do that with a lot of things, and I, I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but, like, again, it's television. <laughs> You're dealing with television. That's the way it is, and it sucks. That's why television's fucking dying. <laughs> it's true. Television <laughs> is still holding on to these fucking archaic, yeah. like... Yeah you have to appeal to the widest audience possible and like you yeah. need to not offend the the conservatives but you still need to give the the fucking uh, everything all at once socialists their crumbs yep our, our pathetic pittance that we need right <laughs> yep what do you what do you think about this episode though if we're doing if we're doing the Cochran, the patented M class podcast Cochran to catfish scale of quality where a catfish is 10 out of 10 and good for some reason, and a Cochrane from a good movie is a one is bad. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> who invented it? Uh, a weirdo. It's a, I, it's a bad scale, Josh. I don't know who invented it, but it's, it's bad. Glad I'm not that guy. Uh, I don't know, man. This episode is okay. Um, I don't have a problem with most of it. I think some of it's quite poignant and i think some of it accidentally kind of gets near some modern takes on things even though it wasn't meant to do that and it doesn't fit all that perfectly i i don't know i'd give this like a seven mm. here's uh. how here's how on the fence i am about this episode oh god this is gonna be terrible i'm gonna give it a five Okay, that's not terrible. Because it's literally in the middle. Yeah, I, I, could see, I could see that. I could see a six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm going like, to say seven, though, because I... Yeah, stick with your guns, absolutely. I'm going with my guns. It, opinions are like assholes. Everybody got them, and they all stinky. Opinions are like assholes. Put your guns in them. <laughs> no? Hide your guns from your children and your asshole. <laughs> Good luck finding that gun, Timmy. Little Timmy, <laughs> little Timmy. Uh, I, I, I've never been so split on an episode because, again, there's, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of judging material from the past by the exact same standards as material from now. Yeah, uh, I think you can, and that's fair. But uh, I personally Certainly. don't. I agree with you, uh, pretty much wholeheartedly on this one i think um maybe because uh, i'm gonna pull the old man card sure. maybe because we were Pop alive up. then <laughs> we kind of know like oh well like yeah like now it wouldn't be okay to do that but this is this is different this it's different now but this isn't from now you can't retroactively like be mad about something that happened before events well, took place to change the world, right? Like, that's... Well, that's you can seeming. if you want. Whatever. You, you can, but... but <laughs> sure. I'm not gonna be. I don't want to do it. Right, exactly. The, um... I like to look at things in the context of where it came from, because sometimes you can be really pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. Like, um... Like, 1992 
was uh, homosexuality was very demonized on standard television. Yeah. Um, Fuck, dude, you the go butt back of, and watch... The butt of the joke 99% of the time was at the expense exactly. of the homosexual community. That's what I was just going to say. Like, go back and watch, like, Friends, which was like... Oh, there's a not-gay joke in every episode. Yeah, it's, it's wild, man. And that show is considered to be, like, you know, like, the Gen X, like, like... Show oh, that, was, that, was a, that was considered a progressive program yes. at the time. Yeah, a yeah. show that had an all-white cast in New York City. <laughs> yeah, and they lived in an impossibly impossible setup that would never ever happen. Absolutely. The uh, the the context of where stuff comes from is important, but also uh, I wouldn't wash away um, the judgment of something just because of the context either. I mean, like right. It's fair to say that this episode doesn't uh, tackle the subject matter well. I yep. mean, that's that's sort of like a cut and dry thing. But um, I don't know. I guess having coming from a, a good place, like a heartfelt place that was just really trying and maybe missing the mark to me means a lot more in in the year 1992. Yeah. Than it does like now. Like if you did this episode now, I would be like, You you fucking suck. That's horrible. Like you've done a bad job. Yeah, it would suck now. Um but I th- in nineteen ninety two, not bad. <laughs> yeah, pretty good for ninety two, I would say. And you know, if it gets people to you know, talk about and and think about some of this stuff and these issues and maybe if you don't agree, maybe that's just as as good of a eye opener to yourself like maybe it's on on you and me and everyone to make the star trek world not star trek maybe star trek is just like the map and we yeah. have to do the walking you know absolutely. what i mean absolutely absolutely that's a good way to put it i think don't ex- don't ex- i just don't expect things to be perfect because they're, that's a they're road not. to, to I mean, you're going to be disappointed man <laughs> like there, there's um <laughs> I've I've seen a lot, and I can't really speak on this at all because I mean we're like two straight guys, like yes, uh, definitely super I, straight. <laughs> <laughs> like Josh said, everybody's a little gay, but um, <laughs> the I've seen a lot of writers and comic artists because I follow a lot, a lot of different comic artists in the LGBTQ community, sort of lament. The fact that they, uh, when they create something that includes LGBTQ people and mm-hmm. uh, like storylines and issues, that they have censored. to be, yeah. well, no, that they have to be absolutely perfect for the LGBTQ community to not oh, like okay. lambast and destroy them for it. And everybody's idea of perfect is like is completely different. It's totally different. Yeah. So there's they they feel that it's there's there's like a sort of sadness to the fact that like they get this backlash for including LGBTQ stuff in their stories and everything like and they are gay, they are bisexual, they are transgender as as people yeah. and they're receiving this kind of backlash from their own communities for not living up to a standard that seems uh impossible and arbitrary. Uh, I would not put this episode anywhere near that debate at all i'm not no, i'm no. not linking them at all but uh i i think that's an important thing uh to keep in mind in the future is like more lgbtq stories come from the actual communities themselves yeah for sure um 
That's a, I, yeah, that's a really good. I I didn't know that. I would assume that like uh, a lot of LBGTQ. Uh, sorry, I'm an idiot. <laughs> a lot of you got uh, all the letters. In I there. got them all in the, the wrong order. <laughs> they they would like you know they would like take their comic to like a uh, like I'll, their publisher like well, a there's a lot of that. And they would be like, well, we can't, we can't do that. You know what I mean? There is like, a lot of that for sure. I mean, like, and of course there's, there's also like the public backlash that you're going to get from sure. like conservatives and shit as well. Or, um, I, I've seen LGBTQ writers say, you know, like to lament, like maybe it isn't worth including my own stories That's anymore. That's fucking hard. And it's like, uh, it's the internet's going to internet regardless of what community you're in is the unfortunate part and i don't know why i got off on this tangent i guess i just felt it was important because if this if this episode doesn't live up to what you wanted it to be which i imagine like 99.99 percent of people that's very true yeah um there are so many creators out there who are lgbtq plus and are creating stories that might 100% be for you and I, I encourage you Absolutely. to seek them out yeah I've been thinking a lot about stories lately for various reasons and wink uh, wink and <laughs> I, I, I often like um, I've been like reading a lot of stuff and like experiencing sort of like these like new media like I'm trying to like 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 video game wise like trying to see like what kind of like stories people write and shit mm-hmm. just just anything I can. Like I'm just I'm I'm always been interested in it. And I, what I found is that there are good writers and there are bad writers, right? Like oh, in every community, in every yeah. di- in every diversity, in every Ex- publishing. It doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, black. It doesn't matter. Like it's you're you're gonna have better writing than other things. It's just it's going to happen, and it doesn't really matter what the subject is. But um, the important thing is, to, like you said, try to find something you like that speaks oh, to you. That's absolutely. the point. And I, th- I think uh, to that point, I want to shout out Iron Circus Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, comics with an X at the end, because you know it's dope Dude, when they put the X a, at the end. It's got an X at the end? That's fucking rad. Iron Circus Comics are like big providers of LGBTQ, like uh, people of color stories, black stories, like... Um, great comics and they also make uh smut they make a lot of smut well here's the thing about that like that's a motivator for stories (laughs) it just is it just is right i mean they're very open about it yeah they they put out a comic several times like a collection called um smut peddler Mm -hmm. and uh, i haven't read any of that but i've read uh, wink wink (laughs) And I, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I have read some of their other comics, and they put out banger after banger after banger from so many marginalized creators. So check them out. That's I feel cool. like giving alternate avenues for these type of stories is important if, you know, the story of this Trek episode let you down. Which, yeah. again, I imagine it, if you're coming into it expecting anything with a, a deeper substance beyond... You know what you see today, you're definitely going to be disappointed by. Again, yeah. I think the conversion therapy part of this episode was fairly poignant. That's I really, why I'm giving it a five. I think that's why I'm giving it a seven. I think that I, whether it was 
on purpose or accidental. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think it was on purpose. I, that's that's fairly controversial. Like, that's fairly a big deal to me. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I can't think of any other television show of the era even mentioning conversion therapy. Yeah, it was like a taboo yeah. topic. Yeah, nobody talked about it. That, as far as I remember, but yeah, I mean, and I mean, I, I, I could know. be wrong. This could be easily misproven, yeah. but um, you could you could obviously go find something now. But maybe. back in the day, before the internet, you couldn't. This wasn't a thing that was talked about generally. I think I found out about it when like uh, a friend of mine like almost got put through it and ended up running away from home, and that was like the yeah. first time I ever heard about it. I think there might be a my so-called life episode about it. I I could be wrong. Either that or Degrassi, and that was fairly soon after this. So yeah, maybe I, I, I would imagine that was like a De, a Degrassi like next yeah. generation episode. Yeah, could yeah. I, it, I feel like it was one of those. Uh, someone was, can tell me how wrong. I'm not was. sure the original had a gay character. Wheelchair Jimmy. That's he from the gay. next generation. Oh, he gets shot. That's though. Drake. Yeah, he's Drake. Drizzy Drake. <laughs> Drizzy Drake. <laughs> uh, yeah, five. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, if you have a differing opinion on this episode, please uh, be gentle on our virgin asses. I don't really, <laughs> yes, wink, wink. <laughs> uh, please, please, no. Um, <laughs> Again, uh, like I said, we're probably not the best two people to be talking about this, but honesty goes a long way, I think. And we were well, we were very open and honest in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so you could send your differing opinions to uh, the recycling bin on your own desktop. Because I want. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh, First off, I'd like to thank everybody who keeps the lights on in our program over on patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. Every one of you is so special to me, and I love you all. I love you more. For Fuck that. See I what happens when you go first? <laughs> one uh, up. You just got one up, bitch, Mario. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm gonna get fired next week. It's over. Oh fuck again! Not again. I want to bring in guest stars every episode <laughs> and then get the show canceled. <laughs> no, for as little as a dollar pledge over on Patreon.com/slash/mclasspodcast, you get access to behind-the-scenes blogs, uh, wallpapers of all the great art. I just realized the other day that if you aren't following us on Twitter then you have no idea that I make a piece of art for every single episode of M-Class. Yeah, they're great, too. They're and, fucking wonderful. Uh, it has its own style, uh, like, away from the regular art I make and everything. It's, like, somewhat based on... Or it used to be based on, like, 60s advertising art, and now I don't even know what the fuck it is. Yeah, it's, like, a mix of, like, 60s advertising art, and, like, uh, it kind of reminds me of, like... Like a uh, like workshop warning signs from yeah, that yeah, time, yeah, yeah. yeah, where they'd be like, "Don't step on the cable," you know. It's, like, it's like developed from that into its yeah. own art style, and like you can find high quality, full res wallpaper size versions of all that art on Patreon for as little as a dollar. Whew. Um, for a l and you also get access to the Discord full of everyone who writes us emails. So if you like any of those emails, you can head to the Discord and meet them in person and become friends. Do that. 
Uh, for a little bit more money, you get access to Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit. We just did one about The Bitcher. <laughs> is that the porn parody of The Witcher? <laughs> I bet it is, actually. That would be hilarious. We did one about The Witcher since we both just finished season two. We also ended up talking about uh, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings a lot. So you know what you're getting with yeah, Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit. it is what it is. <laughs> uh, that'll be out uh, next week, actually, after this one. So sign up today. $5 or more, you get access to that. And just give us whatever money you have laying around. Just give it. <laughs> Go to your mom's wallet and open it up and take a 20. She won't even know it's missing. This is actually a robbery. Give us all your money. <laughs> give us your money. I'm pointing a finger guns at the computer right now. Uh, so I have, if you don't want to get those finger guns. Yeah. Finger guns, ironically, a uh, good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you can finger gun. That's that? true, huh? Weird, right? Anyway. Um... Shoot us an email at mclassemail at gmail.com to be part of our other program, M-Class Email. Always singular, all the time. Never been plural. Big thank you to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for uh, our theme song. Check out Valiant Hearts on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere better music is sold. New music is coming out for Valiant what? Hearts soon. Nuh-uh. It's the second uh, half of the EP is apparently coming out soon. Shit. Oh, man. That's... I am amped as fuck for that, man. A Vitizen song came on the other day when I was, like, doing, like, painting or something. And, like, I was like, wow, what is this? Like, it's one I just, like, don't listen to a whole bunch. And I saw it was oh, Vitizen, yeah. and I was like, my man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I feel that way anytime. He does. He has, like, a, um, a group called Dream Pass, I think, with a friend of his. Mm-hmm. And he um, he has a song called Open Waves. And yeah. every time it comes on, I'm like, who is this? This is awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's Vitizen, yeah. So check out Vitizen anywhere you can. And uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in. And we'll be back in one week with more M-Class goodness. So bye-bye.
I'm mentally ill. Trick, 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 trick with your boy.